Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside from just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. It's an MLS preview special. What's up, brother? I'm excited because we get to talk to one of our favorite guests. In fact, I think our debut guest on the podcast when we were on ESPN, Max Bretos. Mm, yes. I am so excited about that. I'm excited about our 10 questions where we break down the, we preview the forthcoming season in MLS. Uh, less excited about the playoff format, mm. but there we go. Uh, we'll maybe see we'll... if that comes up in one of the questions. Do you know it might, Andrew? Oh, there can be no way of knowing. No, no way no, of no. knowing. Um, yeah, Max, we'll we'll talk to him in a little bit. He's going to be on the call of uh, Portland Timbers and Sporting Kansas City this coming weekend. His debut on Apple. Uh, I'm wondering if that question will come up as well. Just his thoughts on this kind of new venture for the league. Um, we'll get into all that, but I mean, we, we can dilly dally with small talk if you want, or we can just go right to the ten questions. Now, usually this is we we, we dally and we dilly yeah. big style at this point, but let's get straight into the ten questions because I know there's people. Andrew, they're literally frothing at the mouth ahead of this season. It's been a long off season. Uh, they've they are rabid dogs who want to consume MLS like it's a juicy, juicy steak. Well, we are ready to help you in your consumption. We've got a lot here to get through, and like we said, Max will join us as well to share his expertise on the league as it starts up this weekend. So let's go. We got ten questions here. They're listed out beautifully. We're going to start. Um, we're going to start with this one, JJ, the manager entering the season on the hottest seat. Always enjoy this. Yeah. It's very dark and negative. Uh, it, it is my favorite one. And this is one of my favorite guys to talk about because I think he's a content machine. Um, my selection probably is only on the hottest seat in terms of his, his, his club supporters and outside opinion, because I think this is a job with a lot of security considering his, his deep ties to one member of the ownership. I speak, of course. Oh, I know where this is going. Of Philip Neville <laughs> at Inter Miami. I think it's time for old Phil uh, to deliver at Inter Miami. Now, one of does the last thing- year not count? Um, I I think it does to an extent, but I think he's got to follow up now. There can't be there can't be a case where they're outside the playoffs this time, Andrew. It just it cannot happen. Um, and. Uh, Felipe Cardenas and um, Pablo Maurer of The Athletic did this great interview with them. And it's one of my favorite formats. When I read an interview, I like the question, answer, question, answer. Yeah, It can be really, really good. But the guys have to be good that are asking the questions. And these two are just brilliant. Um, so he talked about his first two seasons. And he talked about them being, the first one in particular, being traumatic. Um, but now he's saying that the culture is in place in the club. It looks like he has the players he really wanted. Uh, Joseph Martinez in particular. I mean, this is an unbelievable quote. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, and, and it's the kind of stuff I love from Neville. Um, and after, he's, he's speaking about Martinez. And after the game, he came up to me and said, Hi, sir. How are you doing? He called me sir. And his face lit up and we spoke. From that moment on, it obviously had a big impact on me in terms of respectful quality. I just thought he was a class act. So he's partially signing uh, a player based on the fact that he's obviously a very good player in MLS, has been, although there are concerns about him, um, which I think you'll probably get to later on, I believe. But uh, 
But the point being is that he's he signed him because he was he was called sir by him. Well, um, I don't think that's why he signed him. I think it's part of it. It's cer- <laughs> he certainly was enamored by it. Um, I think Pozuelo leaving uh, is a potential disaster for Neville because that's talent that's pretty hard to replace. Now, uh, Nicolas Stefanelli is going to come in. Uh, maybe he can link up and and form a partnership with Martinez. But I I I think. I, I'm curious, Andrew. Can they can they kick on from last season? Was last season an aberration, or are they genuinely trending in the right direction? Um, we shall see. But in terms of their supporters, they'll get sick and Neville pretty quickly if if there's any kind of downturn in their fortunes. And and just an honourable mention for Gerhard Strober at uh, at the New York Red Bulls. Um, a, a, a decent season last season, but something they have to build on too as well. That, that might be tough for them. I should mention, by the way, because you bring up the Felipe Cardenas, Pablo Maurer um, interview. Did you see what came from that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so so the league. Basically about the league, the club. Well, well, the club. Yeah. But the club and the league are in, 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 in hand in lockstep on this one, Andrew. The club is the league. They're the owners. I and, don't, and they, they so ba- so just to cut to the chase. Phil Neville had really strong comments. Not really strong. He had comments. He he prefers promotion and relegation. He thinks it would be beneficial for the intensity and the competitive nature of the league. And he wants to see. He also ripped the league for at the time of this interview. What was it like a week to go before the season? Still not still not having confirmed what the playoff format was. Right. He he, he said it's not elite. It's not an elite league to to act that way. No, he said that, and he said, "My question is, who is figuring it out? Is it Apple?" Who is wagging the dog here, you know? Who's wagging the dog? Phil asked those questions. But that wasn't the thing that they made uh, the Athletic put in a, a clarification on. They made the Athletic put in a piece afterwards saying uh, to give context to what Phil meant about Pro-Rel. Like, they weren't even that upset about the, or they didn't appear to be right. that upset about the comments regarding the, the, the elite. It was more to do with the promotion and relegation, which obviously is the one thing that they fear the most in this league. Any talk of that, because that would impact revenues. Felipe Cardenas, uh, he tweeted afterwards um, at MLS Ist Pablomar, and I were informed today that Inter Miami banned the Athletic from its Media Day event because they disagreed with the timing and framing of our coverage over the weekend. I'm disappointed this is the action they've taken, and I stand by our coverage that is i mean that's i mean it, like you said scary. it was a question and answer like nothing it's all it's all laid bare nothing was taken off the record out of context I, that's the league so sensitive to any criticism anything that's not a good look it's not it's a good not look. no it's not a good look and then it, it, it it shows that they're they're somewhat scared about the tough questions that continue to be asked about about well the elite nature or not of this league whether it is indeed elite uh, let's see. For my manager entering on the hottest seat, JJ, I guess there's a theme developing here, and it involves <laughs> former Manchester United players turned managers. As I went with Wayne Rooney. Oh, hello. They were the worst team in MLS last season, uh, DC United, and I don't know that they got much better. Um, Rooney only has a year on his contract, so that's always a thing that I look at in terms of managers on a hot seat. Is this contract easy or hard to get out of? Well, one year remaining would tell you that that's that's not a hard question. It's not a hard contract to get out of. It's almost like there's a let's like a let's see what happens feel to this. Like, who knows? Maybe the players will respond differently to a legend. Maybe the fans will give DC United a little more leeway, given Rooney's own contributions to the club as a player. Um, So 
And I don't mean to make it sound demeaning of Rooney because like, that's not really fair. He's still in the process of building up his resume. And when you say JJ, we talk all the time about managers and how they go about building up that resume. And I do feel like Rooney is doing the things that, that you often ask of managers to do. Like he's, he managed in the championship. Now he's gone abroad and is managing in MLS. He's not just waiting for a premier league position to open up for him. So he is, he is doing those things. He's trying to earn his opportunity, but I just worry that the deck is maybe a little too stacked against him here. Um, And if DC United look say halfway through the season, like they did, for most of last season, which again was the worst club in MLS, then it might just be easier for both parties to say, we tried, it didn't work, go our separate way, go our separate ways rather than drag this on and, and drag a legend of the game and, and a club favorite through the mud any longer than, than what is necessary. So again, it might work. I, I hope it does. I like Rooney. Um, but I, I'm just knowing, knowing the state of that club coming into the season and the one-year deal, I just worry a little bit. And that's why I would say his seat is hot. I think that's a fair uh, a fair concern to have. Uh, all right, we go from that now to the next question here, JJ. The best move from the offseason. You want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to do something that will annoy you, but I'm saying it's Austin locking in uh, Sebastian Gerisi to take him through 20, the 2025 season. Um, there was a lot of interest after his 22 goals and seven assists um, last year from, from teams in Europe. Some Premier League interest, we're led to believe. Um, but the fact that they got this done, also, uh, just today, I think it was, they locked in uh, Diego Fagundes, who had a great mm-hmm. season last season as well. So I just think that kind of a that kind of a move, which is a non-move, really. Uh, one could argue that it isn't a move and well, that you well, cheated on this question. An, act, an action was taken, Andrew. That's a move. The move was to re-sign him, and they have done that. And I think it's a brilliant bit of business. And it's 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 someone who's league-proven as well. We're not coming in wondering what's going on. Um, I uh, I think it's great. Hmm. Again, just picking holes in the things that I say. Just that for answer the leaves me feeling empty. I I'm, I can't lie. Uh, I went with a couple real answers to this question. Oh yeah, I, 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 and I and mine are better. Mm. Uh, best moves for me this off season. Um, boy, I really like the Martino Heda signing for Orlando City. Just seems to be the exact type of move that kind of bears fruit in this league. Young South American attacker, but like. Old enough that he's got some good experience before reaching this point. 24 years old from Godoy Cruz in Argentina. 13 goals, 14 assists across all competitions there last season. Uh, 15 goals and four assists the season before that. Versatile, can play on either wing from a positional standpoint. Um, so for Orlando City, I mean, this is this has kind of been tagged. I'm not breaking new ground here. Like, this has kind of been earmarked as as maybe the marquee move of the offseason. Orlando City have been really aggressive, and he's sort of been the face of that aggressiveness. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him hit the ground running. And if he does, it's it, it could be a big season for Orlando City. They could take a step forward. So I would be uh I'd be excited about that in terms of moves from the offseason. Um Wow, I hated that. That was terrible. The that move for Orlando City? No, just the way you, you talked about it, it was really bad. If we're gonna go down this road, Andrew, I can be petty too. I don't think I said anything petty. I think I spoke for our audience when I said that you were asked a question, you didn't answer it, and uh that's that's not right. That's not the way you treat people, JJ. <laughs> um all right, here we go. Next one. Team that was bad last year who could be good this year. Can I go first? I'll allow you to. I found this one to actually be extremely easy, at least okay. for me. Uh, Toronto FC. Toronto oh. FC. All right. Just just nine wins and a minus 17 goal differential last season. I simply 
cannot imagine a world where that happens again, given a, a the glimpses that we saw towards the end of the year from Insigne and Bernadeschi once they hit the ground. Um, but like even beyond that, the addition of Sean Johnson, not just great for his ability as a goalkeeper, but everything you hear about him as a leader, a guy in the locker room, the addition of Matt Hedges, hugely important to boost the back line. Um, also added Sigurd Rostad from Bronby in Norway at center back with Chris Mavinga leaving for the Galaxy. These are Bronby is Denmark or Denmark. I'm sorry, Denmark. <laughs> yeah, wait, is that right? Uh, I gotta look this up. There, yeah, Bronby is Denmark, but you know, go, do go on. There can be there can be no way of knowing for sure. <laughs> um, Chris Mavinga left for the Galaxy, so these were vital ads for them at that position. So I don't know. Maybe I'm. Am I? You tell me if I'm being wooed by names of the past. Maybe I'm overlooking a lack of depth. But like, I just can't look at at an eleven that includes Insigne, Bernadeschi, Mark Anthony K, Michael Bradley, Richie Larea, Hedges, Johnson. Yeah, you know, and and this is all managed by Bob Bradley. Like, I can't look at that and not think that this is a team that can make a significant run in the playoffs. It just those those things don't compute. Now, look, if they get hit with an injury bug, then yeah, there there's a depth issue there that could rear its head and that and come to the forefront, and that could be a problem. But at this point in the season, that's like I just can't predict that. I can't tell you which teams are going to get hit with injuries and which ones aren't. Uh, although, by the way, it is worth mentioning that they just acquired Brandon Cervenia uh, for midfield depth as well. So I don't know. I, maybe it's maybe it's cliche. I'm just getting you know taken in by the big names of the past. But I, there's just no way. There's no way that that team isn't better than what they were a year ago because they were terrible a year ago. And they've got to be a playoff team at le- bare minimum this season. Well, I can buy that. What do you um, have? I've gone with the Portland Timbers, who again missed out in the playoffs last season. Um, basing this on the fact they are Portland. Um, and I just, it's so hard for me to envisage a second season where they're not back at the business end. Uh, and especially with the with the uh, system that will now be in place for the playoffs. But um, I think the signing of the 24-year-old Evander from Michelin, like he's got the ability, he's got the profile, the age profile to come in and impact that team. and they have good success with that kind of attacking midfielder number 10 in Portland. Is he going to be the next Diego Valeri? If he's, if he's even half that, he'll be very successful. But I just see Portland being back in the mix again. Now they need to be less, um, how should we put it? Chaotic defensively. They definitely need, I mean, they conceded, I think 53 goals uh, last season that in, uh, in the 34 games that they played, that can't happen again. But I just, I have a, I have a feeling with the, the structures of that club, that they will be uh, more of a force in 2023. I would agree. I would, I would, I would, for Western conference, I would definitely agree with you on that. I don't know. Yes. I, I can't imagine them being what they were last season, um, but we'll see. Um, all right. High profile move that may not work. Oh, I like my one here. Okay. What do you got? Well, it, it it's kind of piggybacking a little bit on what you said about DC United. Um, Mateus click. Now, on the face of it, a 32-year-old coming in from, from the Premier League from Leeds United. Okay, good addition to the midfield. It's a 32-year-old who spent most of the last five years busting a gut in a Marcelo Bielsa team. I would be very worried that this player is about to hit a massive wall, uh, considering the stresses and strains of playing in the Premier League under Bielsa. Um, and he was a key part for uh, of Bielsa's side for a long time. So I'm... Um, I'd be slightly worried about that, that he's not going to make the impact that people think. And again, this isn't a league. This is, say what you like about it, and you can have all your reservations, as, as Phil Neville has, about the league. It's not, um, 
it's not a, a league that lacks physicality or running or traveling or or it's 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 a harder league in that regard as better players than Click have found out when they've joined. And so I just be concerned that there may be few too many miles in the odometer, Andrew. Huh. All right. We'll see. Um we'll see. For mine, JJ, this is this is where we go controversial. Oh. This is where we upset people. Oh. High profile move that may not work. I have I have some concerns about Joseph Martinez at Inter Miami. Oh no. I he's do. Belo- he's beloved amongst MLS fans. I know. Me included. Three spectacular seasons at Atlanta, United FC. Um en- enough to solidify. He's a legend of this league. Um and almost to the point where like you almost look at him as like the beginning of like the the influence of changing the way clubs do business and the type of players that they look for and 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 you know the the profile, age profile, country profile. Um but I just I can't help but look at his last three seasons, and I just feel like you're kind of catching this guy on the downside. Uh, one start in 2020, 18 in 2021, 12 starts last year. Um, saw significant drop-offs in his per-90 statistics over the last two seasons, both from the standpoint of expected production and actual production. Um, so, like, there's all that. But then there's then there's the stuff that really kind of concerns you on top of the production. Like, suspended last season for con- conduct detrimental to the team. And I know, you know, you talk to Atlanta United FC fans, they have his back. And it seems like they point to management, upper management. Um, but, you know, Gonzalo Pineda, though, he said there have been multiple incidents of bad behavior. There was the story of him flipping the table after a match. Um, who knows? Maybe this is going to be a situation where he just needs a change of scenery, needs to get away from Pineda, from Carlos Bacanegra, or... Maybe it's it's kind of what I'm afraid of and that we've seen the best that Martinez has to offer. I guess it's not to say that he'll be bad at Inter Miami. I wouldn't go that far. He's still, you know, he's still young enough where he could produce. Um, but I just feel like if if you're thinking that Miami is suddenly going to get the production that we saw from Peak Martinez at Atlanta, I say no. You are you are not going to receive that kind of production. I think that's a fair comment. So we'll see. It would be cool. Like I, I, this league is better off when he's flying. Um, but yeah, I have, I have my reservations about it. We'll see. Uh, all right, here we go. JJ next one. Explain the new postseason format to me. It has um, proven controversial. First of all, I got to say kind of what we were talking about a little at the beginning. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we do finally know it. We're recording <laughs> this Wednesday night. Um, it's about 11.40 p.m. Eastern time. But like as of like a day ago, it was just kind of rumors, um, which is it's strange. It's just it is strange that within a week of the season beginning, the format of the playoffs is still unknown. Um, nine teams from each conference will make it. There will be a play in between the eighth and ninth seeds. Uh, then the first round will begin, which is a best of three. No ties. Uh, in that first round. And then the rest of the way, we go back to the single leg format. I'm guessing you have thoughts. I don't love it at all. Um, it's it's too many teams. It's too many teams getting in for, for a start. Like uh, 62% make the playoffs. We, we all we used to make fun of, of previous formats that it was like the Oprah Winfrey of soccer yep. leagues. 
you get a playoff spot and you get a playoff spot. Um, I don't like the eight and the nine, the playing game. Um, I think I hate the the best of three. I think it's I think it's crazy. I, the single elimination was really working out for the league to deviate from it now because the the, the TV company that's giving you all this money uh, needs more content for bang for their buck. I think it's a mistake. Um, I um, I think it's awful, and I think it neuters the end of the the regular season. In the in the case of MLS, we we've often been in like the dog days of July or August, and you're like, can't wait to get to the playoffs now. Cannot yeah. wait. And now yeah. you're just you're just exacerbating that even even further. If you're asking people to be invested for 34 regular season games, you just made it tougher. Yeah, you just made it tougher to do that when this many teams are going to qualify for your postseason. Uh, so that's that's valid. That's legit. And I don't see it returning. I think like this is milk out of the utter type stuff. Like we're not going to go back to some other format where fewer teams get in. I think that this is, this is going to be what the league is now. It may, it, it may dampen the impact of it as they continue to grow as it was earlier today. Don Garber is, is already talking about uh, potentially announcing another expansion team by the end of the season. I think Two Vegas, even. Well, possibly. I think, what was it, Vegas and San Diego are the, are the two that they're looking at. There was always the thought they were going to stop at 30, but he said so – that was brought up to him today. He said, yeah, we, we I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said we, we plan to stop at 30, but also never say never, which means we're going past 30. <laughs> like that's obviously how well, I which, would read into that. Which but, is absurd, really, but – Well, but that's all That's all getting off of the main point, which is this postseason format. You know – the like the intricacies of it the there's nine teams make it then there's a play in then the first round is best of 3 then the rest of the way changes format again Kyle Bond uh he tweeted he said at some point the playoffs become so convoluted that they're just gimmicky by default because they need an entire article to explain bad idea can't see this going well no matter how many fun ideas there are too many moving parts i agree I think there's and, some and, validity to that. I, the yeah, best, and, and, like if and, we think of like the best post, the best playoff formats we see. What do people always point to? March Madness. It's really simple. You play a team, and whoever wins advances. Like, yeah, there's not like like he says, for lack of a better term, kind of a gimmicky nature to it. Although I guess now there is the play-in tournament, but yeah, yeah, I I I agree with you, and I agree with what Kyle had to say there. Just uh, when something's working, to deviate away from it, like. We've all the last two, what two, three seasons that we've had the the single elimination. We've enjoyed it, um, and this feels like a regressive step. Yeah, and that's why you know sometimes I I, I worry about us, not just you and me, but like us in general, like soccer fans, media, whatever, um, falling into the we fear change category. Like anything that's different, we're just going to hate on it. And I think sometimes people think that's just what the media does. I don't know that we're doing that here. When the change was announced of what the last playoff format was, the single elimination, um, the uh, the buy given to the first overall seed, I thought that enhanced the importance of the regular season and really going for it at the end. The single limb we loved. Like I don't mm-hmm. think we hated on that. I think we were all for it. I don't, I don't think we're we're always just by default going to hate change. Uh, we tell you how we feel, and this is one where, yeah, I just think it's too great a percentage of the league that that it that makes it in, which reduces the importance of your regular season. The change of format within the structure of the postseason itself, I just, I don't know. Look, once we get there, it'll be fun. It just is. The stakes are high enough that like we'll fight through the weirdness of it all. Um, 
But on the surface of it, not if I had my choice of, of creating a playoff format, this probably would not have been what I landed on. But again, I understand that the league has constraints now because they have a, a TV partner funding them who demands more playoff games. So they got to come up with something. And this was uh, this was it. So there you have it. Uh, all right. Back to more of like the on field type of stuff. Top MVP candidate heading into the season. Um, Again, piggybacking on something you said earlier, I'm going to say a, a, a combined one, uh, Federico Bernadeschi mm. and Lorenzo Insigne. But won't they split votes? I suppose they will. Well, let me go with Bernadeschi then, because, I, you know, he had, what, 13 matches last year, eight goals, two assists, and it wasn't in a good team. And Bob Bradley is going to have this team in much better shape um, for entering into the second season. So I, I think he's a prime candidate um, it's going to be hard for Dreesy to match what he did last season. Um, is there someone who's come into the league now that that may take up the mantle? I really fancy that as Toronto get better, we're going to see standout performances from their Italian contingent. And I'm just going to back Bernardeschi to be because he, he he fitted in seamlessly in those games. Like remember his first few games, you're like, God, it's like he's played in the league for about ten years. Yeah, it was really something to see. It was, and and so and the Both things those that he, guys. yeah, the things that he was doing, he had just no problems. There was no acclimatization, and I know a lot of people rolled their eyes. He's coming from one of the top leagues in Europe, one of the top clubs in Juve. Get it, understand it. Um, so I'm just going to back Bernadeschi. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like I said, though, it might be hard for either one of them to like move for far enough ahead of the other that they can win this award but eh, you never know if, if their season is that outstanding then i guess they can i mean look honey Mukhtar is probably the obvious choice but i'm going to lean on history here being that no one has ever won this award in back-to-back seasons how about that um which would mean that he likely will not and by the way only one player has ever won it twice and it's not landon donovan for whom this award is named after it's Precky. Which is why I require my wife and children to refer to this as the Precky MVP Award and not the <laughs> Landon Donovan. Uh, they they don't seem to care or listen. No, they don't. Um, so if I'm going off of that, that there won't be a back-to-back winner, JJ, I'm kind of looking at uh, looking at Brandon Vasquez a little bit. 18 goals last season, really found his footing in the league, um, playing on a team that's expected to contend in the East. He's going to rack up goals. So if they're good and he's scoring goals, then like it's always the best few teams where MVP candidates are kind of plucked from. And if he's their leading scorer, then well, he could be a top candidate. And as long as you've got Lucho Acosta playing with you, there's going to be opportunities. Um, and also, too, what could help Vasquez is that Brenner's there. So there's an opportunity for for Vasquez to rack up assists as well. He had eight last season. If he gets into double-digit assists and is near the top of the league in goals – I mean, it's like he has no choice but to be a quality MVP candidate. Um, so I, I'm I'm thinking about Brandon Vasquez right now for my choice. Although I do want to take this moment to throw in Ricky Puig, uh, simply because he's the player that I think I'm most excited to watch this season. Yeah. Uh, so Rick, old old party boy Ricky's going to have to have to up his game though. There's a lot of it's a crowded field in terms of the uh, MVP. I feel it is, but from from like my watchability MVP, if he is if he's doing consistently sort of what we saw in some glimpses last season, uh, oh man, like he, he is the, he will be the must see TV player of this league. If he can consistently maintain that form. But Vasquez is, is my pick right now for, uh, for the Precky. 
All right. All right. Um, all right. Let's keep moving here. The team that was good last season that might take a step back this season. Oh. <laughs> uh, sadly, uh, much the way I found the reverse of this question to be very easy with Toronto FC. Sadly, I found this question to also be just as easy. Can I go here? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, I'm looking at the team who finished second in the East. Club de Football Montreal. I mean, this Why squad are you saying is, it like that? This, this squad, JJ, is just not compiling 65 points again this season. There's okay. just no way. So many important departures. Uh, the manager, Wilfred Nancy, off to Columbus. Ismail Kone to Watford. Alistair Johnston to Celtic. The most important one of all, Georgi Mihalovic to Alkmaar. They did keep Victor Wanyama, which was not expected and is obviously vital. But ultimately, like they're not a club that's going to do much to replace the guys that they lost. Um, so it sounds almost like, I mean, if, if you accept that as fact, then you kind of have to accept that it's a club that's willing to take a step back in the name of kind of trying to groom their next wave of talent. Uh, Matt Doyle wrote about them. He said Montreal are fully leaning into their, quote, developmental club ethos. They'll make some moves to replace the guys they sell. But for the most part, they're going to be betting upon their ability to create a talent pipeline from within. Um, and that takes time to do. So 65 points last season uh, uh-uh, ain't happening. They're taking a step back. And then I have another one, JJ. Oh. And, it's the, and it's the team that finished right behind Montreal last season. And it's NYCFC, who were third in the East. Oh. One of the great MLS careers quietly came to an end this offseason when Maxi Morales left NYCFC for Racing Club. Um, But beyond that, Anton Tinnerholm left for Malmo. Sean Johnson, who we mentioned, left for Toronto. Alexander Collins to Girona, which might be, I mean, Morales is, is maybe the biggest name there for the breadth of his career in MLS. But Collins might be the most important one of those. Off to La Liga. Um, I'm, I'm, as we sit here just a couple days out, I don't know if it's fully known yet if Santi Rodriguez is back or not, which is concerning. I would say they really need him um, at this point. One thing to keep an eye on, I, I saw a rumor that Richie Ledesma is expected to be loaned out from PSV to NYCFC, but that's not done yet. And even when it is, does it make up for all those losses? I mean, like you roll through those and like, I don't know. The word I keep thinking of is rebuilding. Like it looks like a club that is ready to dive into rebuilding mode. Hmm. So Montreal, NYCFC, if if I'm wrong, then I'll be wrong. But I'm saying right now, no shot, zero, zero shot of being where they were a year ago. Uh, you're going to hate my one. Ooh. And when I say take a step back, I don't mean be awful. I mean, maybe not be what they've been the last few years. I can't wait to hear your logic to this. So is this I, just to mess with me, or do you actually believe what you're about to say? No, I I just think like it, football teams aren't robots, and uh, you know, on paper, paper teams win paper cups. It's not the case. It, you know, things don't always pan out the way as we've seen with this season with Liverpool. So you're just going on a guess. I guess you should say who it is you're referring to rather than us. Oh, just... I think the union are really good, <laughs> but I I just wonder if after a few excellent seasons that there may be just a drop off. And so, like, just I, I'm putting together a little stew here, Andrew. So, like, Jim Curtin, you know, I know it was a question that was put to him, um, however hypothetical, but, you know, he talked about a possibility of, of taking a U.S. men's national team role. And then you have, you know, someone like they've they've no uh, replacement for a key substitute like Corey Burke, um, as Tom Boger pointed out. Um, mm-hmm. He said he was like, 
a key off the bench piece for Philadelphia. Changed the team with his athleticism. Um, seven goals, five assists. And, you know, Joaquin Torres signing might uh, mitigate against this. But, you know, the other factor for me as well that looms large. And it'll be interesting to, to talk to Max about this. The psychodrama, the drain of going the distance, getting to MLS Cup, having the cup in your hands, in your hands, and watching it slip away. That has a, an effect on a group, on a team. And I wonder how they've managed it. And if they haven't managed it well, and if there's any fatigue from last season, they'll fall back a bit. I mean, look, I I don't know how you quantify the last thing you said there. It doesn't mean it's That's, invalid. There is validity to it. It can go validity. either way. It can dry, It can motivate you or it can crush you. So you're like, I'll, I'll take a step back on that one and say, fair enough. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll hold some of my thoughts on the union because I'm telling you right now, they're coming up later in the show. So, uh, but, but I do, I, I have some rebuttals to some of what you were saying there and, and I'll get to them. Um, all right. Uh, next question here, JJ, before we get to some of that stuff, our, it, it, it's time for our mandatory thoughts on some of the new kits that have been released. Um, I, I have two categories here. I have gorgeous and blah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's the, the perfect way to put it because they these kits have been universally hailed, but there is blah amongst the gorge. So so the, the ones that I say are gorgeous, I have three. Um, Minnesota United FC. Gorgeous. The blending mm. of the light blue and the pink across the white background. It's beautiful. It's like a work of art. And you know how much we appreciate art on this show, <laughs> on this <laughs> podcast. Um, I also have the Portland Timbers, JJ. Gorgeous. Embracing the plaid. I'm all, always going to be a fan of, of the plaid route, especially in the Pacific Northwest, where plaid will never be out of style in a lumberjack culture. Um, and then Sporting Kansas City. Love the colors, yes. and you know me. If I'm a sucker for anything on a jersey, it's horizontal stripes, and oh, oh yeah. they got horizontal stripes. Uh, so those are my those are the three that I say are gorgeous. What do you have in that category? Yeah, so so in the gorge category, I I have Sporting KC. I like uh, St. Louis City. I like that. Um, I like their shirt. I I actually like Vancouver Whitecaps. Ooh, do like it? Yeah, I, I saw think. those. Those were nice. Yeah, and um. LA Galaxy away, the green uh, effort yep. is uh, sensual. It's beautiful. Absolutely totally gorgeous. agree. And so all the other jerseys kind of come into a, a kind of a, uh, I'm, you know, I'm all right. I don't, I don't hate any of them, but I do think that Austin may be one of those that is so bad that it becomes iconic later on. And I know a lot of people like it. I was surprised by how many people like it. I think it's it's trash. It's in my blah category. I have two, and Austin FC is my first one in that category. Yeah. Don't like it. The the random patterns happening all at once. It's just it's never going to be my style. Like I think about when I look at these jerseys, I kind of view them through the prism of okay, would I buy that? Would I wear that? But no, you're a basic. Like the, the other thing as well. I mean, I wouldn't say that Minnesota is basic. No, no, kit. no, but you are. You are a. When it comes to jerseys like, like that jersey, the uh, the Austin one, it's not really, not really meant for you, is it? You're not hip or cool. You'll never be at a rave, uh. You know. You, well, guess you, what? I'm most people. All right. I think I, you're most white, people aren't cool or hip or go to raves. You're a white New Balance. Uh, I don't own New Balance shoes. Uh, 
jeans. Actually, your, your shoes are pretty good. Uh, you know, regular jeans. Shirt, no offense to New Balance. I, I, shirt I like and a them. sweater, short back and sides haircut. This is you're, what everyone wears. You're what? basic white guy, Andy. You're norm core. You are the the essence of the norm core look. You, you just described your own hair. Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm wearing. What are you vin- wearing that's so unique? I'm wearing a vintage umbral uh, right now. But when you're walking around, when you're here, when you're I've... moping around Brooklyn, you got you got jeans and a t-shirt on, like the rest of us, dude. I got a style all of my own. Come on. Anyway, my block category, Austin FC is one of them. For what it's worth, I do like their colors, the green and the black. Um, yeah. So but do I. I don't know. The, the vertical stripes sort of like randomly thrown throughout the kit, just not into it. And I got to say, for an expansion team looking to really burst on the scene, St. Louis City, it's so bland. I like it. There's something... it's, just, it's just gray. With like a little bit of faint verticals, which by the way, you know, I'm if I'm choosing between horizontals or verticals, I'm always going horizontals. But it's just kind of like a bland gray shirt. It's not bad. It's just like, meh. Yeah, all right. They're they're home jersey though, right? I'm talking about the gray one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, but you you don't like the the kind of the off red, the pinkish effort with the. I like that. That mm-hmm. that'll be their home jersey, I assume. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. That yeah, the the away is a bit. No, yeah, you're talking about their away jersey. So um, that is blah. That's definitely blah. I'm talking yeah. about the, the home one I like. So, yeah, But um, uh, MLS announcing today that they will be with with Adidas for, for the foreseeable future in an yeah. $850 million move. So there we go. Uh, more, more I'm of an these. Adidas man. I can get on board with that. Yeah. like that. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We have, t- I think, two questions left before we get to Max Bretos, who's standing by, waiting patiently. He's been here the whole time listening to all of this. Uh, you ready for the next question? Of course. He had a little snooze earlier on, though, I'm pretty oh. sure. Um, all right. This is kind of an in-depth one. The storyline or storylines, in my case, that you're most intrigued by heading into the season. There's a lot there's to get one, to here. I mean, there's only one for me, really. Are people going to watch this? <laughs> so that ask- is my first one also, is if we kind of see early signs that the, the TV deal is actually benefiting the league. Um, yeah, I'm 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 super curious. I uh we should mention at this point if you are a T Mobile uh and I I hate to be shilling for T Mobile, but we might as well just in terms of public service announcement. If you have a T Mobile, I don't know if it's particular packages, but if you have them, you get the the season pass. So you have access to the season pass. That's that's pretty cool. Please check with your providers. But uh, no So you're not people, sure. No, people have told us that. Like some of our listeners have said, can you can you mention this because it, it might be good for people to try and get into the league. Um, I'm and just I if I you need a I, phone I, and you love MLS, then you're I, in luck. <laughs> I have huge reservations about this, and yeah. um, it's the main storyline for me. Really, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna have an answer to this one in one season. No, I, I well, I'm curious. This could be a slow burn. Ooh, I mean, how many more slow burns can can this can this league have? Uh, I, I my my curiosity is, um, you know, can you really sell sell a soccer league when it's kind of difficult to get to? Um, and 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 the idea that and some of our listeners have said it, the idea, oh well, it's Apple; they won't allow it to fail. I'm not. It's not about allowing anything to fail. It's about accessibility, and I, I'm I'm just not so sure that putting it behind a paywall and putting it streaming almost exclusively streaming is is a good idea at all. Like I have full faith in the production of it, 
Like I, I, you know, we've seen the the roster of people involved and the money that's behind it. Like I, I believe that like whatever you know, their their pregame, their postgame, their yeah, highlight I'm not packages, their 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 talent involved. Like I think that they're they're doing it right. But you, but what you're saying is is the most important element of this, and that is the accessibility part and whether or not people are going to find this, whether or not people are going to pay for this. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. My hunch right away is that they won't. Yeah. Um, but as the league grows, um, you know, if I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and the, and this global, the global aspect that they keep talking about, I mean, where are are the people in Europe or the people anywhere else who are going to forego the leagues, their own domestic leagues, and their own European competition to watch this? Like, I don't get why that's such a big element for them. I I I don't understand it. And and I'm happy, looking forward to being proved wrong on on this. But um, I am I'm skeptical, Andrew. Skeptical. Yeah. Yes, as am I. I think most people are, to be honest. Um, but we'll see. Like we've talked about, the current model wasn't working either. So it definitely wasn't. So I do understand the desire to try something different, and this certainly is different. Um, but it's it's a high profile backer in Apple, um, and so I, I understand why MLS did it. But if you're if you're if you're leaning on people kind of flipping through channels and finding this, or you know, it's that's those days are over. People are going to have to make a, a, a conscious decision to find this, and that's that's tough. That's tough. Um, a couple other storylines that I'm intrigued by. Um, coming into the season, can an MLS club defend the league's title in the CONCACAF Champions League? You know, Seattle obviously finally broke through last season, and I think to do it two years in a row would would kind of be an exclamation mark on the statement of okay, MLS is we're we're here now with Liga MX. Like the, this this back and forth of you know of where we think these two leagues rank, I think to do it two years in a row would, would be a, a big feather in MLS's cap. Um, if you're wondering the the MLS clubs that will be in the CONCACAF champions league, uh, LAFC through winning MLS cup and the supporter shield, the union through being Eastern conference champs, Orlando city through the U S open cup, um, Austin FC, because they were the highest ranked U S club that was not already qualified. And Vancouver FC is in because they were Canadian champions. Um, so sort of the, the the Canadian alternative route there uh, for Vancouver. Uh, so I, I'm I'm excited for that. And then the other one, JJ, is you know we talked about this in our Premier League preview, and it it kind of is a somewhat similar situation here. Um, how will the league be impacted by the month long break that they're going to take in mid July to mid August for the league's cup? I'm That's right. I'm kind of curious about that. Like in the middle of the season, they're going to just stop for another tournament. Um, will fans be excited about it? Will they be kind of into the rhythm of MLS and, and suddenly be like, wait, why? Or will they be, will fans be excited to get to something different? If we're in kind of a mid season malaise and all of a sudden bang, you got uh, the league's cup and, and another MLS versus Liga MX tournament to uh to get excited about i don't know um i don't know how seriously teams are going to take this are they going to view this as a chance to rotate squads and maybe give some key players a rest during the middle of the season or are they going to go full bore and try to win this thing so i'm uh i'm intrigued which is why we ask the question um 
Anything else from you there? Nope. All right. Last one here, JJ, the big one. MLS Cup prediction time. Um, I I guess I cede the floor to you first. Um hmm. No, you want me to go? You go first. Because I I don't feel I don't feel great about actually I'll just say it. Um I believe, Andrew, that we are going to see Austin FC in the final. Okay. And I'm going to say, Andrew, that joining them will be a team that you've slagged off. Okay. Which was NYCFC. I don't believe NYCFC. What is that? You're gonna. You can't just answer that. I'm gonna need to know what that's based on. Because, and again, again, I I think if you look at them, they've been so consistent. All right, after the first few seasons and messing around with the top talent, once they've got into city football group mode, they've always been there or thereabouts. And and there's no reason that they can't go uh, for me. Well, there is reason, but, but there's many reasons. I think I think they're still suitably, and and their manager will have had that season under his under his uh, under his belt, and he'll go into this. And I think I I just have faith in them and the way they run that they'll be there thereabouts. And I'll put them in a final. I almost I and almost like don't it. even feel comfortable releasing this podcast for people to hear. Right. Well, we'll see. Hey, we'll see. Yeah, we it's will also, see. It's it's freaking predictions. Who knows? But you're not even trying. What do you mean I'm not trying? Listen, listen. They'll finish in the playoff places. And I don't know. They will. Ah, come on. And once you finish in the playoff places, they're going to be in the mix to win the whole thing. And so putting them in the final is not mental at all. Like, how is this such a crazy? You're the one banging on. Oh, you never know about this league. It's so crazy. All right. Well, here's crazy. For well, you, teams that, NYC... teams that lose like four of their best players, that I I and don't really replace them. Yeah, that I worry about. All right, well, wor- you worry your little heart out. Uh, all right, well, all I right, have... go on. Let, let's give us your your run of the mill. Oh yeah, uh... oh yeah, yeah. JJ's NYCFC. That that's the normal answer. Me saying the Philadelphia Union, that's weird. Like the this this is like unquestionably the best weird. team in this league. Who said it was weird? You just attacked you! me for for a consistent operator in NYCFC who are going to be, I think, could make make a run to the final. I think the union will be back in MLS Cup. Um, you can call me biased, but you are. But the arguably the best team in the league last season, right there, obviously step for step with LAFC right till the end. And they lost no one against all odds. They're literally returning all 11 of their starting 11. Every, everyone was sure. It was nailed on that Kai Wagner was going. It never happened. He's back. And, like, to go back to some of what you were saying about why the union are going to take a step back. Okay, again, I can't answer the part about how how they'll be affected from the way they lost last year. Maybe that will have an impact. I don't know. I believe in this manager. He's the best manager in the league right now, and I think that he'll have his team ready to go. But each guy is his own guy with his own mind. I don't know. But, like, like the thing that you're going to first in telling me why they're going to take a step back is that one of their bench players is not there anymore. Like, if that's 
if that's where we're at with picking nits as to why a team no, is going to no, is no, going to go no, backwards, then like, no. then what you are we what? doing for all for all these teams that lost key elements of their starting eleven? We're like again, Corey Burke was important. He was a good piece for the Philadelphia Ugh. Union. I'd rather have him than not oh. have him. But like, if that's the biggest thing that you can say as no, to why a team is going to be the as good, thing. then they're I made, pretty I damn made a, good. I I made a mistake that I opened or that I put that in the order that I did when I was making my notes. When I should have gone with, I think that there's the there. There's the potential for real residual trauma for everything they went through on that run to the final and then ultimately the final and coming up short. That's what I should have said. I'll say this. They bring back their starting 11, which was arguably the best in the sport last season. uh, And and on top of that, they've added Joaquin Torres Ah. in the attacking midfield, which is great depth for them. And even beyond that, from depth perspective, I can't wait to see what happens with Jack McGlynn this year. Because I feel like he's ready. And if hope he gets he declares a chance for the Republic of Ireland, that's what and, I hope. If, if he gets his chance, which at some point he probably will, there's going to be a crowded calendar because they're in CONCACAF Champions League. We'll see if they go for the League Cup, uh, the League's Cup uh, during midseason. So he'll probably have some opportunities. And I can't wait to see the kind of player that he's going to be because I think this year could be a turning point season for them. I don't know. I, I just. I don't I don't see where this goes sideways for them. And I, I think that union fans should be uh, should be really excited coming into this. And j- I'll, I'll, we'll end on this note, JJ. Um, I agree with you on the Western Conference team. Um, it's hard to repeat. It's happened twice in the history of the league. The Dynamo did it in 06 and 07 and the Galaxy did it in 11, 12. Uh, LAFC are special, but I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to say Austin FC. We'll take the West top spot. Um, JJ, can you hit me with a hymn? Yes, he's he brings his 10 goals and two assists yes, from last season over to Austin for this season. South uh, by Southwest. You've spoken at length about Sebastian Juicy. Um, what a player. And if he or takes he a step to. forward this season, which I think he, I think he very well could, then now he's elevated himself to literally being the best player in the league. Like that's that's the only next place for him to get to. Um, Taylor Twelman, like you mentioned, he reported earlier today. Diego Fagundes is getting a, a well earned contract extension. Congrats to him. The interesting thing is going to be the play of, la- of their designated player signing from last year, uh, Emiliano Rigoni. Um, last year was a totally lost season for him. I guess I'm kind of leaning on blind faith that a designated player isn't going to have two seasons in a row quite like that. We've seen it so many times in this league where key players come in, DP players, they come into this league. It takes them a year to find their footing and then they hit the ground. And uh, so I'm going to say that maybe that's going to be the case here. So I think it's uh, the Union and and um, Austin and MLS okay. Cup. Fair? I think it is fair. I think it is fair. I, I don't know what's gotten into you. Look, I, I think part of it for me is that I don't like doing predictions and I want to say something at least vaguely interesting. And I think it is interesting the way that the union lost that final. And I wonder if it's going to impact them. Um, and that's all That's all I was saying. And you took exception to it. And now there's an atmosphere going into our interview with Max Bretos. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's talk to him now because that was our... Our look at the season, our 10 questions. I feel ready, but not as ready as I'm going to feel in about uh, 20, 25 minutes from now because Max Bretos is on with us to give us an absolute full-on education of the upcoming season, one of the voices of LAFC, and now with Apple 
Max Bretto's back on the program. Max, what's up, man? How are you? Wait, I wasn't told about a full explanation. With this league, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is that we'll, is true. We'll, we'll give it a good shot, but the excitement do, do is palpable. Do what you can, Max. Sorry. Okay, okay. If it's gonna be uh comprehensive, I might do a couple clubs in justice, but I'm I'm trying to cram as much as I can uh before we kick things off on Saturday. Well, this league, it is beautiful chaos. I think that's how we, we often describe it. I guess we'll start with the the less chaotic portion of this league, the the known quantities. We'll start where let's start where we ended last season. The union and LAFC, the two teams that met in that unbelievable MLS Cup final. Max, if I told you right now that only one of those two teams would be back in MLS Cup this season, who would you say is the more likely candidate? The mo- more likely to be back? Yeah. I would lean into the union just because I think they're going to be incentivized by the means of which it slipped away last year. Uh, as someone who works for LAFC and celebrated that LAFC victory I would be lying to you if at the end of that game, I didn't see those Philadelphia players and just my heart sank a little bit because I can't imagine being that close and seeing it get away uh, twice with the bail goal and then in the penalties. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that, you know, that's, you can't really gauge that too much, but I think Philadelphia just in addition, they've, they stayed a little further intact than uh, LAFC who did have to lose, namely Gareth Bale, who wasn't a guy they leaned into too much. I mean, as, as big as he came up in that final moment. Uh, the bigger loss, obviously, is Chicho uh, Arango, which um, they're going to have to find a way to come up with his goals. Uh, and then uh, Christian Teo, who, again, was a periphery guy who came on late. Uh, but I still think those are the two best clubs in the in Major League Soccer. And I would venture if you if, – if, and I have made predictions, I said – they would get back to MLS Cup as un- as unlikely as that is to happening, and uh, I think you also have to keep in mind how busy these two clubs are going to be. Which could we saw what happened to the Sounders? It could uh, it, it, it you'd be naive to think it wouldn't derail one, if not both, efforts of making back returning to MLS Cup. Uh, there's a lot of hungry teams behind them. It's just hard to identify them. But I tr- I. I in a regular season, in a, in, with an irregular amount of 34 games, maybe a few extra for cup games, I think you're looking at 50, 55 games if you win everything uh, in your path, which is obviously not going to happen. Then uh, in, in, in a, a less demanding schedule, those are still the two best clubs for me in Major League Soccer. And I think uh, there it, it would be a great story for Philadelphia to be able to finish that job. And by, by, by you know, there was, a, there was a lot of interest for some players here and there. And other than Paxton Aronson, who was the big one, they were made. They were able to keep the group intact. Max, I don't want company. Max, I don't want forward-facing. Max, I want Max after three and five beers on a Saturday night. That sounds wonderful. What 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 do you make of this uh, playoff structure? Well, for someone who's part of the broadcast for MLS. Uh, I am over the moon with it. It's uh, mm. more games to call. <laughs> so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I would say, I would put it this way. I am okay with it. The only problem is the, for me, is not the, the expansion of the playoffs. It's uh, with regards to games. It's the fact that 62% of teams make the playoffs. I'm okay yeah. if it's 50%. I think that, I mean, 50% is too many even then, but I think I'm okay with it. That's at so, least in line with like other professional sports leagues in this country for the most right. part. 
Yeah, and I think I, I was looking. We, we, we've been talking about, it, and I think they're the, crazy. The NBA actually has a, a bigger percentage because uh, ten and ten make the playoffs, uh, but it's a big jump over the other sports. So, I mean, then I, then I look at what what did that. So, if you go to sixteen teams out of twenty nine, you're kind of close to that number. So, I guess the, the real part is that ninth placed ninth place team, which you don't really feel because essentially that ninth place team could be the eighth place team because they're playing in a play in game. So I guess I'm not as hot as others. Uh, I'm okay with expanding it. I'm okay with making these clubs whole. Um, I thought it's tough to do it this year based on how perfect last year's playoffs felt. Yeah. Uh, But that was a sprint. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to maybe expand it a little bit. Playoffs are supposed to be uh, a long process, but there's a lot on the plate. And I guess um, as somebody who has seen – as we all see that they put a lot on these teams. Uh, You hope that that would be accompanied at some point down the road with loosening of the financial aspect of it, where you can be better equipped player wise, where you don't have to jettison players because they don't fit under the cap as you prepare for four, five, six, in some cases, I think seven competitions, maybe more than that. I mean, if you include Western conference and the supporter shield. So yeah, I was. It, it's more games than you would like, but I, if if it was sixteen teams, I'd be like, eh. so. I guess if they add the two teams, I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. But I, I would imagine this is poised to uh, to absorb some some expansion as well. But uh, it's a, it's a it's a fluid situation, so I would expect to change again in the next couple years. And, and basically, people last year's playoff was, I I, I think. A case of one coming off the pandemic, but also people saying, let's let's protect the higher seeds. And they did. They came up with this system, although I would say this best of three situation does protect the higher seeds. You would uh, to lose twice to a if you were a one seed, an eight seed would be pretty odd, but it certainly could happen in this league. Anything can happen. Yes, that is certainly true. Uh, Max Bretos joining us here on Caught Offside as we get you ready for the start. Of the MLS season, obviously one of the big stories of any offseason, player movement, guys leaving, guys coming into the league. Um, either way, going or coming, any movement stand out to you this offseason? Obviously what Orlando City did, just not so much of a certain player, but uh, just the width and breadth of a transfer window where they you know, fixed a lot all the while keeping uh, the core group together. You know, I mean, Facundo Torres was a guy that everyone was, was coming up. They, they certainly still have him, but you know, they, they were able to bring a bunch of guys. I think Martin Ojeda is the one that uh, is the most exciting one of that group. Um, The name escapes me. Van Zier, who's coming over Dante Van Zier, the Belgian for the Red Bulls. I, I, I really like that as well, because I mean, the Red Bulls who build so much through their Academy, I trust their Academy and I trust, what they've been able to do. And I trust Red Bull as a footballing brand and um, their style, et cetera. I think uh, Van Zier is a guy that they can come in and get the goals to go along with uh, a, a nice group of players as well. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it was a good transfer market going comings and goings for, for instance, Chicago to get such a big, uh, a lot of money from Aston Villa for Jean Duran is, you know, a proof of concept with those young players and Daga Slonina to develop it. That's the most exciting thing I think happened in the the marketplace to show that, you know, if you want these players in MLS, 
Uh, they are here. They're not just American players. And you're going to have to you're going to have to bring a good offer. You can't get these good deals anymore. So uh, I, I've always been intrigued. I, I think one of the things I'm, I know is going to be a storyline as we go into this is with the academies all aligned from MLS Next Pro and uh, and now that MLS is really overseeing that development, I think we're going to see a few young players. We've seen some of them in the under-17s. Maybe it's a Cruz Medina who comes in and plays a bigger role. You know, Philadelphia has a great academy. We've seen what they've been able to do. And uh, in it, if they're not going overseas, maybe they play there. And I'm doing Portland Sporting Kansas City, and I'm excited about these like late bloomer type guys that we didn't really think much of who are now becoming uh, prominent players. And like Willie Agata is the one who comes to mind, who had a small season, small sample size, but a really impressive one uh, overall. But, uh, you know, being close to home, LAFC and seeing, uh, I think this young Croatian, Stipe Buk, is going to be someone who's going to get a lot of attention. And all the guys that came on in the uh, summer window who didn't really play a lot uh uh, right at the top of the list, Lorenzo Insigne and Bernadeschi. Mm, I, I mean, yes. they're not new players, but I think those are the guys that are in position to really kind of erupt with out of the gates with a, a nice campaign. I certainly hope so. I mean, that Toronto FC team could be a really exciting look. But I guess through it all, that's the exciting part of MLS. You have all these streams. You have the transfer market. You have the academy, like any other league. You have... Some guys in the rough that you may have overlooked that develop those happen all the time. Dewan Jones is a good example, college kid uh, who is now really coming into his own uh, in his mid twenties almost. Uh, those are the guys that I think really are a big foundation stone for MLS. So that gives me a lot of encouragement because they they can come from so many directions. But all that said, I think what with the the marketplace, what was more impressive is what went out, which will eventually come back. You know, Chicago will uh, fill their coffers with the money that they were able to do, as many other clubs who parted ways with some, you know, Julian Arajo or Julian Arajo with the guys, those kind of guys that making big moves to big clubs. Uh, just before um, I ask a, a difficult question, Max. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, I want uh, the arrogance of you and Andrew, unbelievable, like patting yourselves on the back over over Philadelphia and LAFC, like kind of disgusting homerism, really. Which is... I was literally tapping myself on the back. There is a handprint on no, my oh, jacket right now. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yes. you, you, I'd say all your garments are stained since you lifted that uh, lifted MLS cup. Um, By the way, I'm getting a ring. On uh, March the 4th, I will get a championship ring. Wow. Which I will show you guys. I will photograph and send it to you. Please, please. That's amazing. (laughs) That's pretty neat. I'm very excited. Yeah. 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 I'll never forget your, 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 um, your, a goal line clearance in uh, in one of the games. <laughs> was, uh, without it, was, it, it doesn't. Without it, none of this happens. None JJ. of it happens. None of it happens. But 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 do you think? Um, are, are you with me in, in that? You know, you talk about players coming in and 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 all that. Is it not the case that Austin have done the best business by hanging on to Jerusalem, yeah. by hanging on to Diego Fagundes, and that they're in fact primed to win the whole thing? Not either of yeah. your teams. <laughs> Well, someone I, I really like Austin, and I had a conversation with a couple folks that kind of scared me away because they showed me, and I hate to get into, um, uh, what is it called the uh, the, the passing maps? Drawing. No, <laughs> yeah, that that is like part the, of like it. The minutia, uh, 
the new, it's what is that Moneyball? What do they call it? Baseball? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we, the analytics. The, the analytics. analytics. Yeah. Sorry, I the analytics with regards to Austin and just how they, you know, they exceeded everything. I mean, they hit all those spots, and that's why they had a successful season. Oh, and many no. people were saying that it'd be hard to. Uh, duplicate that but as we know analytics in baseball works it does i don't know if it really works in soccer i mean we looked at that liver sorry to say that brings up a liverpool real madrid game the analytics that liverpool had a better xg those kind of Mm. things don't really hold up so uh i thought i i think you make a great point drew is your guy he he checked everything off the list sign him give him what he wants and um i'd be curious to see what uh, rigoni does he didn't do much last season but he is supposed to you know, Driussi really didn't do much in that first run. So maybe this is Ragoni's time. And Jossie Zardes is like that. Throughout all these years, when you see MLS teams want to take that next step, and LAFC did this, you you dev- you build within the league. You find guys that can score goals, that can defend, that are good goalkeepers within Major League Soccer, who know the leagues, who know the ups and downs, the ins and outs. And Jossie Zardes is one of those, even though many people will – Probably their last memory of him will maybe not delivering on the national team level. But in MLS, he's mm. a very competent striker. And I think that's a great move from them as well. And uh, I couldn't be more smitten on Diego Fagundes. Uh, but then again, will it, can he do it again? That's a big question because that was a huge year he it had. It was. There was a huge, there's a great spirit about that team. And I think that's a destination club and the supporters build it. So I, I would imagine they're here to stay. I like Josh Wolf. He's a solid coach and he's. He's learned it in all the right places, uh, coming off a great coaching tree. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, I was a little reluctant to put him too high in the West. But as you say that, JJ, they, they, they did everything the right way. I mean, if you say, if you look at an offseason, go, that's it. They signed their star, they got the complimentary pieces, and everyone's still there. So there you go. Brad Stuber's another one. Can he do that when he played? I mean, last year he was it, standing on his head, doesn't do it justice. It was beyond no. that. Uh, Max, you and Brian Dunsett, they're going to be working, I believe, the, the Portland-Vancouver match this opening weekend. Portland uh, Sporting. Oh, Portland Sporting. That's right. My bad. Um, yeah. It's uh, been snowing in Portland. It's supposedly a low in the teens. So I, I wanted to hone in on my that. heavy jacket. I wanted to hone in on on the sort of the Portland element of it because 2022 was a, was a rough year in the Pacific Northwest. All three teams... Uh, missed the postseason. Seattle did win the CONCACAF Champions League, of course. It, it, you can't quite forget about that. But uh, in terms of domestically in the league, you targeting any of those teams in particular or all of them to to bounce back in 23? I think both of them bounce back in pretty significantly. And I apologize. You asked me newcomers coming in. I completely forgot the, the game I have in Evander. Yeah. Was a record signing for Portland. And I've been asking people about him. And, you know, this guy... Uh, went through the hard route to get where he wanted. He was a bit of a, uh, you know, it took a little bit to find the right club. And then Micheland, who was getting back to analytics, that's a club that, you know, scouts well, develops well. That's like a club you want to be associated. It's kind of like Brighton at this point. Brighton can't do anything wrong. You know, if you say Brighton, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Micheland is that is one of those clubs. I think they're in the Europa League again. Yeah. When he was with the Europa League, he was scoring goals and he was really uh, influential. So that's for, I mean, it's not the premier league and it's not La Liga, but I think to do that on those stages says a lot about Evander and Portland have done pretty well, not across the board with some of their investments in Latin America. They have some of those under 22 Santi Moreno's one 
who I think is going to be a great uh, complimentary piece or running mate with Evander. Uh, I like them a lot. I, I think both of them are, are, are going to be able to score goals. Their defensive side is what concerns me a bit. Uh, sporting is with Polito be back, but they have Agata. I think Agata is a, is going to be a household name this season. He's just every, I was, I've been watching tape and everything about him. You're like, oh my God, this guy's a monster. He knows everything what to do inside that area. He'll score a lot of goals. And because they had such a rough season and they were trying to mask it, they really lucked out. Uh, Eric Tommy, a lot of guys from the Bundesliga. Tommy, I mean, you watch him too. He pops off the screen. So front half of, of, the, of the park for both those teams is going to be good. If they can resolve the defensive issues, which I th- it may not happen here in March, but it certainly will. It certainly can by the summer that they'll be there. They'll both be back in the playoffs. I have Portland pretty high. I think they'll finish second or third and sporting probably somewhere in the fourth, fifth, sixth range. Max, here, here comes the difficult question now for you. Um, oh, that last one wasn't yeah, the one about Austin, wasn't it? No, 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 no. This is, this is pointed. And, and, uh, and I hope you take it in, in, in the spirit of investigation and inquiry that it's meant. Um, are people going to be watching this on Apple TV? People? Yeah. Well, I was I, I figured that question was coming and I think uh Yeah, because I and I'm and I'm only reflecting the curiosity of a lot of our listeners because a lot of them are uh MLS fans, a lot of them are MLS we'll say casuals and some yes. of them are MLS agnostics if that's if, if that's how you describe right. it. And they're just they're just wondering, you know, here we go. Uh, the money obviously for the league was great. It was a, it was a contract that they were probably not going to get from a, a terrestrial TV or, or a, a more traditional uh, media uh, company. So, so it made sense from that point, but is it making it more difficult to watch this? I mean, how many bars am I going to go into when that this is on, which is always a nice thing to be able to see MLS up in the uh, corner. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, really all, all jokes aside and not being, I'm not being snidey about this, but I'm, I am curious, like, do you have any concerns about it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've spoken to, uh, from owners to coaches, to players, and they're all curious about it too. We all mm. talk about it pretty openly. And, there is, I would say, you know, you have to preface it and uh, saying a lot of people weren't watching MLS prior to this. I mean, right. once in a while, there'd be a flare up. But to your point, it'd be on TV. It would be on ESPN and a big game would make their news cycles. Same with Fox um, to a lesser degree, Univision. But as a partner that got behind them, they never really had that. No. Uh, it's weird because we're on, I'm on social media and you we're in our, our uh our vacuum here for uh, mls everyone's excited but like you wonder the guy next door you'll ask him hey are you excited like what are you talking about i have yeah. no idea what what at what mls is and that's the masses so it, it, it's not going to creep into that i i'm confident that it, there will be growth in other areas maybe not so much in the domestic perhaps english language uh production of these games, but I, it, there will, it, it will have a good, it'll have a positive trajectory. Okay. And the good growth I think is going to happen internationally. You know, Apple has made a big, um, a big push about you can get any Apple device and everyone has Apple devices and they can watch games in any part of the world. So, I mean, I looked at our Spanish language broadcast team and it's, I mean, it's some heavy hitters there that work for, uh, Sammy Sadovnik, they just added. He was like the number two on Telemundo behind uh, uh, Andres Cantor for uh, 
the World Cup. Uh, Pablo Ramirez, who is the number one, really, for Duda and one of the most recognizable Spanish voices. I think there's a great opportunity in Mexico if there's success with MLS and obviously the, the relationship with League's Cup to see a big boost, thanks to Apple, and to a lesser degree in places like Latin America and Europe, where there'll be interest to maybe watch a game in Europe at 2 in the mm-hmm. morning because there's, it's the only show in town. So, I mean, small growth there, which I think they will be satisfied. As for getting subscribers to Apple, that is going to be that's that's going to be a little longer of a job. But you have Apple, and everything we've done with them is they are ecstatic. They know it's it's a ten year deal. They are ecstatic about the product, and they want to push it. And I'm getting emails, and I'm talking to people there frequently, and I. You know, they're just they're they're getting this thing up and running. And once they get that up and running, I think the PR and the advertising and the shoulder programming will fall into place. And there will hopefully be a eureka moment here or there. And those moments will occur. They're not going to happen right now to be in the season. But, you know, a, a eureka moment could be, all right, Lionel Messi's coming here. And maybe and I don't know anything about this, but if whether he is or not, but maybe Apple can help facilitate that because it's Apple and um Maybe there's another situation where a eureka moment where the League's Cup happens and Austin FC wins it. And then League MX like, all right, what's this MLS going on? we got to maybe pay a little closer attention. There's the opportunity for those things to happen. I, I Everyone's got to be really patient. I think when it starts, um, the regular audience will be there. Maybe a few will trickle in, but it'll be hopefully slow and steady. But we'll get some good answers by the summer and we'll certainly get some good answers by season's end and see what the platform looks like i think heading into season two that's where we can really start getting a better idea of how successful or not this will be i'm very i'm confident i love i I, so far i'm really optimistic about everything they've been doing i can't wait for jorge messi to just go up to tim cook and go give me money please (laughs) and and tim cook maybe he just wants a, a souped up ipad Maybe that's all it was. Well, knowing not. knowing the 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 revelations about uh, Jorge Messi, that he wants he wants cold hard cash and lots. I, of- yes, I agree. Well, look, whatever it's going to take, um, it, it, financially, it's going to have to be pretty solvent. And but if he really wants the money, he could go the Ronaldo route, right? There wasn't yeah. a huge offer, so if that's what it's all about, the money, then you can't really compete with that. If there's a Saudi team that's going to offer him three hundred million a year. Uh, but I, th- the good news is players like Messi have a connection to something in MLS. It's David Beckham and Inter Miami, and a lot of these clubs are working that way. Philadelphia's working on LAFC. Um, you have like seven or eight that are really working and have these r- relationships. Uh, that that number should grow. I mean, yeah. we're building it. Uh, Major League Soccer is building this. For, uh, I know it's a data reference, like a Rolodex and all these people from all over the world that know about it are coming here to work, look, to play, to coach. Look, the chance to work with Phil Neville is <laughs> obviously something that none, none of us would want to turn down. But but I do get what you're saying in the sense of like, you know, if you look at the World Cup, what, what what's the, the statistic with the World Cup was outside of the top five leagues, no league had more representation than MLS in the World Cup. So yeah. I, I do think that you are seeing that the profile of the league is, to use your word, the trajectory is upward. I think I think you can see that. Um, speaking of the World Cup, last one for me uh, to break from MLS for a sec, because I don't think we've spoken to you since the World Cup ended and things happened with our manager and one of our star players. And uh, the world cup seems like a very distant memory 
with everything that's gone on since. In terms of the manager, I mean, my God, the names that have been thrown around, the names that we see from listeners on Twitter sending them our way, uh, my head is spinning with what the possibilities are. I'm wondering if you have any any sense of what you who you think would make a good fit for that job. Anything that just any anything you can add to sort of that that USMNT managerial conversation. Well, I guess I'm curious of wh- when this investigation is going to run its course because I think we're all waiting, right? I mean, yeah. Greg Berhalter's locked into that. He can't do anything until the investigation runs its course. So I uh, hope we get some some notification on that. And I mean, this this was it Henry Bushnell and the Ernie Stewart uh, interview that came out a couple of days was pretty telling uh, about what he wanted to do and wasn't able to do. And sounded like, you know, we were hearing all these discussions about, hey, we, Zinedine Zidane has been asked if he would be interested. And then the Jose Mourinho. But based on what we heard from Ernie Stewart, it didn't really sound like that. Um, actually, well, at least maybe a, a chat happened, but nothing very firm. No. So I still think we're at stage one with yeah. all of this. And uh, it's it's just it's a holding pattern. It's it's fine. You don't want to rush into this, but we, we want to start. I mean, I, Cindy Parlo Cohen, when Ernie Stewart stepped away, said uh, we need by the summer before the Women's World Cup. I would think. You know, I would like it a little sooner. I'm okay with that, but I would like it maybe in April so you can get the wheels in motion uh, for that. Uh, do they hire a sporting director, a general manager, and they're obviously going to hire a coach, but they do a sporting director and a general manager, or is there like crisscrossing? Uh, it's. I would love to see a, a, tried, a tried and tested manager with international experience. You know, I think initially when people said like, Yergi Love, who's like, oh, he was there in Germany. R- R- Roberto Martinez, who's now uh, taking the Portugal job. Those kind of guys are are intriguing, as opposed to bringing a, a guy. I would, I would love Jose Mourinho. Let's let's face it, and the money has to be right. But I think there's a guy that might be a bit of a romantic that would be interested in saying, okay, this is a huge moment in time for U.S. soccer. Let's, let, I want to be part of it, and I want to be the face of it. I want to be, you know, the you know the guy they go to to speak on behalf of the United States, even though I'm not American. I think Jose Mourinho certainly could be one of those guys. I mean, does the fact that the next World Cup that it's taking place here does that raise the profile of this job? I would like to think so, and because it's the U.S., because it, it, we all agree that we all feel that this is the the turning point for the sport. Um, it's a, it. The longer it takes, the more I would think that it's going to be an American sporting director and American coach, uh, maybe MLS based coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, it'd be interesting to see if you get one or the other, but you know, the chemistry is a big issue here and uh, you need somebody with some working knowledge of how this works, which there are people and there are some folks that know enough and have the contacts uh, internally that maybe they could do it. But uh, I would like to see someone who has national team experience. Uh, I certainly would not, discourage them from approaching a big international name i think on the coaching side this is for the sporting director i think on the coaching side there are some good americans we've heard uh many that are, are looking forward to it and this is a, this is such an important job uh but i i i'm under the impression especially after what i heard from that ernie stewart interview that it won't be greg berhalter but it would be probably an american-based coach um uh, if i had to put some bets in there which is which is which is fine. I mean, it's not the sexy 
choice, but maybe that sexy choice doesn't pay off. It's, you know, generally national teams are coached by people from that place, from that country. Um, even, uh, you know, we've heard some, there's been some hard lessons learned all over the world by that, but I wish I had a better answer for it, guys. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just want to see the wheels in motion. I was okay with everything, but I mean, we've kind of hit a lull here where it's all right. Now, I guess everything was happening so quickly. Uh, let's, let's, let's move forward. This, this, uh, consulting company um and i think they actually peter vermees who's sporting director and coach of, of sporting kansas city said that uh on a report i believe that he said that they that sportology place uh consulting company did say see if he was interested so maybe behind closed doors they're putting a list together um i, I would hope so. i would i would tend to think it's going to be a little closer to the vest than what we thought when we were hearing zidane and Mourinho. but i'm i'm here to be surprised Yep, as we all are. Uh, Max Brechtos, great stuff. The beautiful chaos that is MLS gets underway this weekend. And, of course, you can watch it. Max and all the whole, the impressive group that they've compiled here. But not us. Apple. But not us. <laughs> no, we were no, did, you guys, did you guys throw your hat in the ring? No, oh, I mean. Uh, I don't our, even have a hat, hat to throw. Yeah, I don't, our I don't hat know how never leaves even. the ring. Uh, but we, we didn't get the call. We're, we're, yeah. uh, we're clearly just, uh, we're, not, we're not within the, the clique. So well, they'll be looking for some big name podcasts, and there is nothing bigger. Well, uh, than your podcast, that kind so. of talk will get you everywhere. A <laughs> <laughs> car side is the standard, and you guys, you know, you, you guys don't want, set the they tone. They don't want a loose cannon like me, you know. Of course, they do. Ups, ups, literally upsetting the apple carrots. They don't want that. Yeah, well, that's uh, the one thing I think for MLS. I mean, through it all. Uh, they have to change a little bit about how they are, and they have to be willing to have people kind of take shots at them and say, all right, we're okay with it. We're not perfect and uh, have access and have good debates about the teams and the players. That's all very healthy. That's yeah, what they I'll, do in other leagues. I'll go after the billionaire straight away, and our show will last two weeks. Top. <laughs> okay, that in that case, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, Max, great stuff, man. Appreciate it as always. We'll talk soon. You guys are the best. Anytime. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Oh, man. Our thanks to Max. What a... I love that guy. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. I'll he tell is. you what, you 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 went there with Apple. With uh, I mean, you have to ask the questions, Andrew. And uh, now that we're not um, under the thumb of Mickey Mouse, we can say whatever we want. I don't think we were. I don't ever felt like I was I was censored before. I just tried not to curse, which I we still were, try not to do. We were free enough. I, I suppose we were free enough. And we and, and we are the one podcast that asked uh, Don Garber about uh, promotion relegation. <laughs> I remember his, the, the sound of his voice. Oh, I'll never forget. He must get asked that in every interview. No, no? not not from a not from a a, um, a partner TV network. He never that was never the case. Because uh, I remember, I, I, remember uh, I thought Max's answer though was interesting. Like I think it's it's sort of in line in some ways with how a lot of us feel that like it makes we get why they're doing it, and we're skeptical about it. Yeah, and I no. think that that's sort of like that's this is new and different. We don't know which way it's going to go. It's a risk. We understand it though, um, and I think everybody, even people who are a part of it, are are curious. Yeah, and he has big faith in in what Apple are doing, and um, I thought he was thought he was pretty straight with us, and uh, it wasn't company Max. It was honest Max. He uh, he wants Mourinho, JJ. What do you think? Uh. I don't think Mourinho would do it. Um, I don't. I I don't see him as a a guy. I, I honestly, I really want Mourinho when he finishes at Roma to get back in the TV studio. I think he's electric in the TV studio. He's very good there. 
Um, and and um, I think his analysis when he's released from the the prickly uh, the prickly actor of uh, that that's required of a modern day manager, he's he's brilliant. Um, I I don't see it being a fit. Um, and also like one thing we know about Mourinho is constant contact with players. He wouldn't have that as a as a international manager, and we don't know how that work out. Actually, maybe less contact with players from Mourinho might work out. Um. Uh, and also, if he employs the things where he kind of builds this internal tension, I mean, there's enough drama in this group already without without wanting to do that. And and if you've got the most talented young bunch that you've had in 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 about twenty years, do you really want a manager who's going to play that kind of reduced um, base football? Yeah, it, is that what you want? I don't uh, know. I don't know. I it mean, would be. It I, would be, I think that that works in international play. I'll say that. I it it doesn't. It doesn't. I think it would be very. It would like it would be such a a fork in the road from what we've done already. Like it it would be to throw out a lot of what Bearhalter has tried to do. However you view it, whether it's been successful or not, a lot of the the passages of play and and the emphasis on the ball would would go very very quickly and. I don't know if I want to watch a cycle of that or two cycles of that. It is interesting, though, to think about because it's not really something we've talked a ton about, this idea of the uh, the profile of the job being enhanced by the location of the next World Cup. If maybe managers that you couldn't ordinarily attract, suddenly you can because of you know, of, of the fact that the tournament will be here. Uh, I wonder if that will matter. Maybe not. I guess we'll find out when we find out who the next manager is, if they uh, if they reference that at all. Um, I think that's about it. I should let everyone know, in case you haven't checked already, if you look on your feeds of this podcast, you saw this MLS one, you didn't think to look beneath it. There is also a new podcast beneath this one uh, where we looked back on this week's Champions League action. So uh, if you if you missed that by some chance, this is me telling you to go back and find it because it's it's worth it. This there was some unbelievable stuff that took place uh, during the during the week that you're going to want to hear about. That's about all we got. JJ, to you, I say. Check you later, phone boy. I'll see you, man. Take care, brother. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. 